Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to the Coppernewer Path Podcast for episode 61. Today, guys, I want to talk to you along with my my guest for today. I want to speak directly to the portion of the audience here that maybe hasn't yet come up with a business idea. So maybe you are in law enforcement right now, you're still on the job and you're looking at things and saying, you know what, maybe I need to look at what my options are and and look at uh, starting a new business. And in this case, particularly an online business. And if that's where you're at today, you're thinking about starting an online business, or maybe you already have an idea for an online business and you want to know just how to validate that idea and what the next steps are. Today, you're going to get a ton of information about that. And with that, I'd like to welcome my guest for the show today, Jake Lang. Jake, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. So Jake, you and I connected inside of another private community that you and I are part of. And uh, you had reached out to me because I had put out a call for looking for guests for the show. And uh, you reached out and said, hey, you know what? I think I might have something that would work well for your audience. And I took a look at what you are working on. And I was like, man, this is awesome. So you have a podcast. I guess we'll start off with that. You have a podcast called the Entrepreneur Ride Along. And the idea of that podcast is that you are starting up a new business, a new online business every year. And the the podcast is there alongside that journey to sort of memorialize your process in starting that business, growing it and bringing it to a place of profit and growth and scale and all of your lessons learned along the way, both the good and bad. And I just, I love that idea. So how did you how did you come up with that idea, first of all? Yeah, so you you really covered it there. So um, I, I've been doing this for seven years. So I've started seven businesses. Uh, the entrepreneur ride along didn't start until two years ago. And that really started as a project of just, I started teaching people. People started asking me, how did you start these online businesses? How did you scale them up? And now I, I yeah. left my day job and now it's my full-time career is building these online businesses and and scaling them, monetizing them. Um, so it's really what I love doing is starting new businesses, talking to entrepreneurs, coaching entrepreneurs. And I, I love the early stage of finding that idea and launching the business. That's the most fun part to me, but I can't do it all the time. You, you, you know, you can't start right. a new business every day or you'll never get anything done. So the entrepreneur ride along really became my, uh, way to scratch that itch for me because I want to start all these new businesses. I, I got these ideas and validating them. But instead of starting a new business, instead, I just pass it off to my subscribers and people that are out there listening to the podcast of here's what I'm thinking of. Here's how I would start a business in this niche. Here's what I found. And other people can take those ideas and run with them. Uh, and then I just have an excuse to uh, every single year 
build a new business because it's now content for the entrepreneur ride along. I get to create a new case study. So <laughs> was, well, that, so was that just to get it by your wife so that your wife didn't complain <laughs> about me? Yeah. I know how that goes. She's like, stop, stop doing this. So it's like, Oh yeah. honey, it's, it's content. I have to. It's for the business. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do you, like we took, I kind of mentioned on the lead in there that your focus specifically is on online businesses, not, not brick and mortar. So mm-hmm. um, tell me, because I, I think that's kind of an open-ended definition to some extent. So can you tell us how do you define what an online business is? Uh, so for me, an online business is as simple as any transactions conducted over the internet. It, it can be as simple as offering coaching. You don't even need a website, but you can be connecting with people online and you're booking co- coaching clients online, uh, connecting with them virtually or in person. For me, it's usually digital products, selling information products, blogging, creating videos, creating podcasts where I have a website that's my central home base rather than a brick and mortar business. I'm centered everything around a website. Traffic comes to the website and that's where I sell my courses, memberships, books, and anything else that comes into it. So simply you sell something online, there's there's an online business. That's really all it is. Yeah. Now, I this is a loaded question and I have, uh, I kind of have my own opinion about this already that actually I did my previous episode on, but you mentioned a couple of times there that your concept of an online business is that things go through a website. So how important do you think a website is even for a startup business? So it can go either way. Cause I'll, I'll tell some people that you can get your first sale without even having a website. And yeah. I've done that with a few of my businesses that I just created a, a I have Stripe so I can charge people. That's how I transact payments. So I bought my first coaching clients without having a website. Now I'm just out there connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And that's how I sold that that product. So it, you don't need a website to sell anything. That being said, I prefer having a website as a home base where I can collect my content. I can have a central location to drive traffic to. Um, plus, I really like blogging. That's kind of my my means of driving traffic. And I do a lot of SEO work. That's just what works for me. So that's why I always prefer to have a website, get the traffic there and sell things through my website, but it's not necessary. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mostly agree with you on that. And, and, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you can easily start, you can start transacting business without a website, but, but I think it is of supreme importance to have a place for your message, um, and Mm -hmm. to be able to collect data. Right. I mean, like that's the big uh, advantage, like you just uh, kind of alluded to there. If you're, if you're running ads or doing anything like that, you need to be able to collect data and own that data in order to be able to really grow and scale, uh, and do things like retargeting and, and, and mm-hmm. remarketing and things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll work with people that have just a, a Facebook following and an Instagram following, and they might have a couple thousand people there. First thing is go and get a website because you don't own your Instagram following or Facebook following. Might be getting traffic there now, but get it someplace that you own, like you were saying, email list on your website, uh, get people there because you can control that. So I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. So why do you want to encourage people to get into online businesses? What is the the focus there for you? Uh, so really, I've all of my businesses have been online and I've had success there. And the big thing is that I see a lot of entrepreneurs, brand new to entrepreneurship, that think they have to go out and create basically the next 
Microsoft or they have to go create, you know, some SaaS product like Dropbox or something like that. Or they think they need to invent something, sell a physical product, uh, you know, invest tens of thousands of dollars in a brick and mortar business. It's just not true. You can start an online business and make tens of thousands of dollars from your online business for fifty dollars to to put a website online. I know I use I use SiteGround for hosting. It's about I, th- I think it's forty five dollars for the year, and you can buy a domain name for about a dollar, and there you go. You have a website up online where you can start conducting your business uh, right there on your own platform. It's it's just easy to start, easy to monetize, um, highly profitable. Profit margins are you know near a hundred percent because there's not any expenses, no overhead. And uh, it's just inexpensive to do rather than investing, you know, $50,000 to build some complex web app, start online, pay $50, to get a website up there, start getting your traffic, your leads, validate your product, you know, get an audience before you go and invest the, the $50,000 in, in whatever you're trying to build on the side. So that's why I push online business, easy to do, easy to monetize and not expensive. So for those that, like you said, some people think that they have to be the next Dropbox and there's really actually far more opportunities out there. I agree with you. I mean, the opportunities are absolutely endless. I mean, we can't possibly even imagine them mm-hmm. all, but how do you recommend that people uh, start to uh, come up with these ideas for an online business and then validate them? What does that process look like? Yeah. So that's something I, I talk about in my book. We had, we had talked about this. I just published a whole book on this. Uh, the book is called step one, and that's really the, the process of finding your idea, you brainstorm, come up with a bunch of ideas and narrow it down to find the one best idea. Uh, I always talk a lot about niche businesses, which essentially just means you are starting an online business rather than about some broad topic. So if we're talking uh, police or, or uh, law enforcement, rather than starting a business about law enforcement or, or police in general, which is very broad, a lot to talk about there. Uh, you go into something very, very specific, like maybe the the canine unit or something like that, and how to uh, get a job in, in that unit, or how to be how to go through the training exercises in that specific unit, or maybe one particular type of task or qualification that you have to earn on the job. That could be your business. Is that qualification? You train people on that. So you're going small and specific to build your audience and build your business. Because uh, one of my favorite sayings, I know you've probably heard this plenty of times because we have the same connections that. The riches are in the niches, which is very true because it's really the, the smaller, more specific that you go, the larger larger audience becomes, the more people you can reach because you are solving a more targeted, specific problem rather than trying to reach everybody. So if you try to reach everybody, you reach nobody. So that being said, I, I always prefer going niche and finding a specific topic to create a business about. The big part of this, this book that I wrote and what I teach my coaching clients is a starting with finding a business idea, starting with a brain dump exercise, which is simply answering a couple stupidly simple questions that just help you think of things that you do in your daily life. Uh, for us, talking about a specific topic like the Copreneur podcast, one of the topics I talk about there is how can you use your day job to find your first business idea? And just some simple questions from that. So I always say for each of these questions, try and provide five answers to each question. The questions are, what do you do in your day job? What positions have you held? What specific training have you completed? What qualifications or certifications do you have? 
what software programs do you use in your day job might not apply to the law enforcement but uh, i know you guys do use certain programs um so oh, yeah. it might be something in there and uh what other careers have you pursued whether it's within law enforcement or outside of law enforcement five answers to each of those questions and what was that that was about six questions that could be potentially 30 business ideas each one of those topics like you mentioned there might be a software program that you guys use my old day job as a financial analyst i used to use the program tableau which is a reporting tool that could be an entire business is teaching people how to use this tableau tool to create dashboards and reports and that could be an entire business is teaching people how to earn a certification for this this tool and how to use this tool uh, so it's as simple as that to find a business idea and find a niche topic within what you are doing 40 60 hours a week in your day job because uh, you're already an expert at that so start with that expertise and what you're doing every day that can be your step in entrepreneurship for your first business idea yeah well i want to talk any thoughts on that or yeah i want to talk a little bit more about the idea of niching down for a couple of reasons because i mean first mm -hmm. of all i can't i can't agree with you more that um, that statement is true. The riches are in the niches. It is absolutely. I mean, I used to laugh at that when I heard that because I didn't know any better. And, you know, I could tell you a little bit from my own experience. Like when I first started my marketing agency, I did that whole, well, I've got to appeal to everybody thing, right? Like I mm -hmm. didn't want to lose any possible opportunity that came to me. Right. But I mean, that was in the, I think that's common because it was the early stages of, starting and growing my business. And, you know, I, I wasn't really sure um, exactly what it was going to look like and how it was going to go. And, you know, whether I would have uh, clientele coming in, if there would be enough demand to actually pay the bills. Right. And so I did that early on. And for me, it was incremental, which I think is okay. Like, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel discouraged right now that might be listening to this and thinking, well, I don't yet know exactly what my niche is. That's okay. As long as you recognize that at some point, like or I shouldn't say at some point, your your focus and goal always needs to be to work towards a niche. And sometimes you need to start off a little bit more broad to be able to identify where your niche actually is. Now, I agree. I think once you know what it is, you need to you need to lock it down and you need to get after it, because what I can say has happened for me as a gradual process in niching down in my business is that I can almost look at it. I think there was like three or four very distinct times where I took steps toward locking down a niche even further. Right. And each one of those times, here's what happened. My ease of actually working with those clients went up, right. It was a lot easier, um, a lot simpler because I, I know I already have the processes in place. I already know exactly how to achieve success for them. But I also ended up finding that I worked more with clients I actually enjoyed. And mm -hmm. the big thing is I was able to charge more and, and therefore, you know, revenue goes up, stress goes down because you build authority. When you're in a niche, you build more authority than you do when you're trying to appeal to everyone. Like you said, if you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one because naturally people want somebody that's an expert in their thing that they're looking for help in. And if you're a generalist, then they, they look at that and go, well, you know, like, let's say, for example, you might be a generalist who's really good at, you know, selling online courses then you've been doing it for 10 years, but the other guy 
that I'm looking at is somebody who uh, is very specific to my niche and my purpose and what I'm looking for, who's only been doing it for a year, chances are I'm actually going to go with that guy because he's specific to my need, right? And and so you mm-hmm. can really actually be very detrimental to your business by not niching down. It sounds so counterintuitive, though, like from it someone does, from the yeah. outside that hasn't been through this. It's like, okay, you want me to get more specific to reach more people? But yeah, it's true. Like you, you, like you said, you better solve somebody's problem the more specific you get. And then you can charge more money because somebody has that, that pain point. You go out there and specifically solve that one person's pain point. You can charge a lot more and you get more uh, referrals. You get more people in because you're solving a, a, a stronger need that people have. Exactly. So what is your thought then? Um, so a big part of the copper audience that are starting or growing existing businesses, a lot of them are instructors. So they've started instructor mm-hmm. businesses using the skills that they've gained during their law enforcement experience. So in, in some ways it's sort of a saturated market, right? I mean, you can, mm-hmm. there's obviously geography plays a role in it, right? Uh, what mm-hmm. area you're in, uh, and you're focused on for your business and also different skill sets within law enforcement. So somebody might be mm-hmm. a firearms instructor versus defensive tactics instructor versus interview interrogation instructor, right? Mm-hmm. But either way, it's still, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of former and current law enforcement instructors out there. What can you offer as a suggestion to them and how do they further niche down and separate themselves from the rest of the crowd? Yeah. So the couple of things that you mentioned were the first ones that came to mind for me is, yeah, how do you get more specific? So if you're, you know, educating within firearms, like you were saying. Yeah, is it geographic specific? Can you just own the market within, you know, the New York area or something like that? Is there a specific firearm training or one specific course or one specific program that all trainees have to go through? Rather than touching on all firearms, is there just a couple specific that you can focus on? Also, a thought that came to mind is how can you differentiate from the other instructors out there. So I'm just thinking instructors, probably live in-person training, physical training have to be there in person. Is there anything you can do outside of that to maybe get more online, whether it's courses, eBooks, and going the online marketing route to help train people that way. So maybe they're more prepared when they come to the live and training, because I assume you have to do the training in person to get your qualifications. Uh, But what else can you do to differentiate yourself from the other instructors and and how do you uh, maybe collect email addresses, collect leads from everybody going to these trainings so that you get them coming back for additional trainings mm-hmm. and um, get them to refer you to other departments. Uh, so I'm thinking similar to you is, is niching down on uh, specific job titles, maybe. Maybe it's firearms for one specific type of unit. Uh, maybe it's geography. Maybe it's a specific type of firearm. Maybe a specific type of firearm training if there's different types and get more narrow like that compared to what the other other instructors are doing in your competition and um yeah just try and get more narrow than them so you can beat them out on one specific area yeah so i mean really just honing in on your unique selling proposition what what makes you what's the differentiator what makes you different Mm -hmm. than the next guy right that you might both Mm -hmm. be firearms instructors in you know the same area geographic area but what makes you different what's your unique selling proposition um and and focus on on that sort of thing 
Correct. Yeah. If you can find that value proposition, that's the big tagline on your website that, uh, that really sets you apart from this other guy in the same area. Uh, that's a huge breaking point for you and you can start stepping ahead in terms of the, the limited market size that you have in that area. Yeah. Hey guys, check this out. I want to let you in on a bit of a secret. First, let me ask you a question though. Are you starting, growing, or scaling a law enforcement instructor business? And do you find yourself still using paper sign-in sheets in your classes? And then later sitting down in front of your computer to manually enter all of those email addresses into your email marketing software. Yeah, I know. I see you. Actually, I've heard several of you tell me you're still doing this. Okay. Well, how about the overwhelming aggravation that comes with many different software programs that you're using just to run your business? I've been there myself. You know, all of those ones where you're constantly having to manually share data between them and move it around because they don't communicate with each other. How aggravating is that? Well, what if there is a better way? Well, my friends, today is the day that I get to tell you about a little secret project my team and I at StoryWeb Creative have been working on for a while. We call it Breacher CRM. Breacher CRM is the first and only business and marketing automation software that is purpose-built for law enforcement instructors to track and nurture leads, increase client retention, book more classes, and create recurring revenue. Guys, this software is lit, and I am so excited to tell you about it today. Inside, you're going to find the ability to do a bunch of different things like send and receive text messages, phone calls, and emails. Oh, and how about a single place for all of your other inbound and outbound messaging too, from Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Google My Business, and there's more to come, guys. Uh, Email marketing. There's a funnel builder. Calendar booking a full CRM customer relationship management software to track all of your past, present customers and leads. How about a better way digitally using their, your phone for your students to log into your class and sign in on a sign-in roster that automatically adds them to your CRM. You want me to keep going guys? How about online courses, live and simulated live webinars, invoicing and payments, Seriously, this is an all-in-one tactical business toolkit for your instructor business. Now, we're doing a public launch now of Breacher CRM right now during the holiday season. And since everybody is sick and tired of Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, I am too, because I get hammered with them all the time. But because everybody's sick and tired of those, what we're going to do instead, we're doing a virtual scavenger hunt giveaway. So, We're going to be giving away all kinds of my most guarded assets, the things that I don't really like to give away. I've got like eight or nine of my best mini courses that I'm giving away in here, funnel templates, email templates, lead generator templates, landing page templates. Uh, There might even be some swag in there. Uh, I'm still putting together the list of everything that we're going to be giving away for this, uh, for our launch party. So, There's more to come even on that list, guys. Now, here's what you have to do. All you got to do is go to breachercrm.com forward slash launch. Fill out the form there, and we're going to ship you an awesome Breacher CRM thumb drive. It's like tactical black. It's a key. It's, It's BA, guys. 
Okay. Uh, so we'll ship you that thumb drive. You load up that thumb drive, follow the instructions that are on it. Uh, and it's going to guide you through a virtual scavenger hunt to find clues that will unlock all of your prizes. So go to breachercrm.com forward slash launch right now to claim your thumb drive. There's only a hundred of them. So don't wait to claim yours. Just go to breachercrm.com forward slash launch. Claim your thumb drive right now. You can participate in our scavenger hunt and get some really cool free stuff. All right. Back to the show. So once you've come up with an idea for, for an online business, and you know we've already qualified here, guys, on the show that if you are running like an instructor business, for example, and I mean, there's plenty of you guys that uh, and gals that are, are doing more traditional type businesses, not just instructors, but that can qualify as an online business, right? If you are transacting mm -hmm. business through a website and online, and maybe you're supplementing your in-person training with, on, with online courses and, and selling an online course off of your website and that sort of content. So we are talking to you guys here but once you've come up with a business idea, what does the process of validation look like? How do we know that this is actually going to work? Mm -hmm. The first thing I always recommend is you, you come up with this idea and anything is going to be your, your big idea, your business. Uh, first things first is talk to people in your target market. See if your idea is actually on point. I see so many times that entrepreneurs come up with this grandiose idea. I've been there. My first business, I, I did this and it totally flopped that come up with this grand idea. You, you think you're going to sell this. You think the, the market's just going to come to you. You launch, you build your product, you put it out there and nobody buys it because you're not selling what people want. So if it's a fire, firearm instructor, uh, you know, maybe you go out there and you think, okay, I'm going to create this online course, um, for this specific type of firearm. You, you, you put it out there in the world. Nobody buys it because you didn't talk to anybody. You didn't confirm that anybody was actually interested in that or had that pain point. So, so number one is always surveying your market, whether it's an actual survey online and you're connecting with people in uh, Facebook groups and LinkedIn forums and Reddit and posting your survey out there to your target market to try and figure out what is your number one challenge? What are you struggling with right now? Or if you're actually talking to people since you are working in your day job and you're connected with people in this market. Uh, just talking to people and figuring out what they're struggling with, because the big thing is if you're not solving somebody's problem with your business. You're probably not going to get any sales because it's just a product that people don't need. Mm -hmm. So first things first, talk to people, figure out what are you actually struggling with reg regarding firearm instructing and training? Uh, let that lead you into the product and service that you're going to buy rather than assuming, you know, what people want to buy. Yeah. You, That's you first. Have, you literally have no business if you are not solving a problem. Correct. Yeah. All you have is an yeah, idea nobody's... that nobody wants. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done that. My, my first ever business that I launched, I was trying to sell uh, direct mail advertising leads. This was back in 2013. And I had access to this, uh, like this database where I could pull residential and commercial addresses. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm like, oh, small businesses, they need these addresses so they can send their, you know, their, their flyers and their mailing campaigns. I'm thinking like CPAs and pizza parlors, like, oh, they're going to pay me for this Excel list with all these leads. Built a business around it without ever talking to anybody. Went out cold calling people in my area, just, you know, uh, you know, 
hair salons and pizza parlors in the area got laughed off the phone multiple times because they're like, we don't need this. You're, you're trying to send me an Excel file with mailing addresses on it. Like, <laughs> who is this guy calling me? Because <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't know the needs of a small business. I just assumed they wanted to buy what I was selling. And I was totally wrong because that business didn't work. And that was a good way to learn on my first business and tough learning lesson. But, you know, didn't make that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an important lesson. And I think um, a lot of people are afraid to learn hard lessons like that, but um, that's just part of business, right? You have to, sometimes you have to make mistakes and, and execute on poor ideas just to be able to learn a lesson. I mean, I've made several mistakes mm -hmm. of my own too, and they've made me a much stronger business owner. Mm -hmm. Yes, part of the process. And uh, speaking more into validation, I, I would also say the next step. So, uh, you're talking to people, see if they have this challenge or this pain point, and you come up with this idea for a new product. You continue with firearms. You're like, okay, they need a fire instructor or a firearm instructor uh, in this area. They want courses. They're struggling with this specific firearm. So that's my business model. The next thing I always recommend to people is to pre-sell your product. You can start selling yes. your product yes. before you, you launch it. Yep. I've made that mistake too plenty yeah. of times where get somebody to actually pull out their wallet, pay you mm. some money, whether it's you know 50 bucks, it doesn't really matter before you go in and spend the six months building out yes. this business. I've, I agree with you 100%, I've, especially with like courses and masterminds. Mm -hmm. Like it works really oh, yeah. well for that to be able to say, hey, I'm launching this course and here's the the pre-launch offer and you know what, what's the worst, worst case scenario, you get three people that sign up for it and that's it. Right. And you decide, okay, is, are those three people worth me investing the time in creating the course or not? And if not, you just say, all right, I'm sorry, I've got to refund you your money because uh, there just wasn't enough demand for the course. I mean, no harm, no foul. Right. Uh, but mm -hmm. that very rarely happens as long as you're asking the right questions of your audience and understanding what they actually need. But yeah, I, I love the pre-launch strategy. Uh, I forget the name of the guy that taught that, but there's, there's a particular guy I'll come up with it later. I'm sure who r really kind of coined that whole pre-launch strategy. It's genius. Yeah. When I learned it now, now I I'm validating my product. It's mm -hmm. not going to fail because people have already told me that there is a market for this. Yeah. When somebody pays you money before you even have anything to give them, uh, that's a, a huge step in the form of validation because you don't have anything to give them yet. And you're yeah. going to say, oh, it's, it's ready in three months, but they're paying you now. You know it's going to work because when it's ready, now you're selling to other people that have the same pain point. You're yeah. solving their problem. Plus, with the people that are pre-buying your product, they get to be your little beta group. And they get to test it out and give you feedback. You get to interview them and make sure you are solving exactly what their challenges are to make sure you're building your product specifically for what your market's challenges are. So it ends up being the perfect product by the end so that other people are like, wow, you're talking directly to me. This is exactly what I needed. So everybody else is going to buy it when the full launch comes around. Yeah. So right now on the podcast, kind of shifting gears here just a little bit, sorry, Right now on your podcast, the the business that you're highlighting right now is a blog, right? Mm -hmm. And so when when did that start? And like, because I know you're doing a new one every year. So when did that start and where does that end for the next one to begin? So are you saying the, let me just make sure I know which uh, 
business you're talking about. So are you uh, talking about the entrepreneur ride along in specific as I highlighted what I'm doing with that business? Or are you talking about one of the other niche businesses that I'm building? Well, I guess maybe, maybe I need you to clarify. So uh, on the entrepreneur ride along podcast, you're mm-hmm. highlighting a new business that you're starting up uh, every year, right? Okay. Um, correct. Yeah. Okay. And right now the one that you're highlighting and walking through, isn't that a blog? Yes. Yeah, so, so right now it is, I started a new business called agileexamacademy.com. And that is the one I just started this past year. And that is following a model that I've used in the past where I had to take these exams in my day job. So I have the certification for what's called the PMI ACP exam. Uh, and so that is the latest business that I launched. I went through and validated, found this idea that came from these questions, the same ones that I listed earlier, of what do you do in your day jobs or qualifications, certifications do you have? Um, and so that is a business that I'm building. It is based on a blog, like you said. So I'm just basically writing content about this certification. And I am now launching an online course to go with that to help people. I'm just selling practice exam questions for people that are also studying for this certification uh, because I've already taken this exam. So I'm just writing practice exam questions. That's going to be my product. It's going to be totally passage, kind of hands-off. People come in through the blog, the email list, and then end up buying my course. And similar model, I have uh, my most successful business right now is in the insurance space, selling online courses in the insurance industry. I used to be a financial analyst in the insurance industry. So that was my first successful business. Had that one since 2015. And I'm basically just replicating that model because I know it works. And I just found a different topic where I can just rinse and repeat. Here's a new topic, new site, and let that one automate it. Awesome. So, so what's next then? Like, when do you shift gears into the next business? And, and do you already know what that is? Or are you still working on validating that idea too? I, I got an ongoing list because I go through this process so often with clients that I end up doing it myself. And I found a bunch of new ideas that I, have to hold myself off from pursuing because I, you know, I limit myself to one per year. So I don't know exactly what the next business will be. I got a list of validated ideas, but I'll probably go through this process again and go through and find an idea and and, and choose the best one. But uh, likely going to start the next one in the spring of 2022. My big goal is to get uh, this agile certification exam. I want to get it more automated, get the email funnel honed in, uh, get some more content out there. And I'm also doing some tweaks to my other businesses. I'm actually selling off one of my websites right now. So that's been a big process of migrating all that over to the buyer. Um, so wrapping those couple of things up, touching up this agile exam website, and then I can move on to the next one, likely in a, you know, five, six months when I can dedicate the time to, to scale up a new business. Awesome. So what are, uh, give me a few of your favorite online business ideas. So let's see, you put me on the spot here. Let's see what I got, uh, saved away. Uh, one that I actually talked about. So, so in this book that I wrote, I talked about a bunch of examples because I go through this process and I give some real examples and I go step by step through it, you know, myself going through the exercise so people can follow along. Uh, a couple of crazy ideas that came out of it that, you know, you really wouldn't think of. The one that I came away with at the end of the book was about bonsai trees, which <laughs> never would have thought of could be a profitable okay. business, but it's a strange little topic where there's a bunch of people searching for it. Not a lot of competition out there for anybody teaching it, 
while people are out there looking for how to grow a bonsai tree, how to care for it, um, there's already some books out there that are making thousands per month because they're the only books on this topic. There's one online course out there. Somebody can come into that niche and talk about how to care for a bonsai tree, grow it, trim it, whatever you need to do, um, and create courses, memberships, and, and books about it and create a profitable online business. Uh, a- another one that came up uh, was another idea that uh, one of the questions I asked is, what pets have you owned in the past? What pets have you owned throughout your life? What do you want to own? Uh, I used to have a pet hedgehog when I was younger. And so I started researching that and found out there is a niche business potential there with hedgehogs could be the topic <laughs> of your business. Never would have thought. <laughs> so so the business that I just sold was about a type of dog breed, a Pomsky dog, a mix between a Pomeranian and a Husky. And it is just a strange little type of dog breed. I created a niche business about it, uh, just sold it for 95000 So like a little topic like that can be a decent payday at the end of it. Nice. All I did was blog about it, create a little membership, and then sold it off after a couple of years. So that's how it sparked the, okay, what, what pets have I owned in the past? And I saw this following that same model, just like I did with my insurance courses, how I replicated that model. You could do the same thing, replicate this dog blog that I started. I really started it for practice and then it ended up monetizing it. I could do the same thing with really any pet that I've ever owned and flip that, turn that into a business. Um, let's see, other ones that I've one that I came across, not my idea, but I saw this website being sold online at uh, tirepressure.com. An entire website about the appropriate tire pressures for your vehicle was making $3,000 per month in income and somebody sold it for like 150000 And so it's like those those little ideas that you just don't think about, you never think it could be a business, but it comes up through this exercise of just talking through what you do in your day-to-day life and what you see, what you touch. That can be this this very specific we talked about niches that yeah. is the definition of a niche business who would have ever thought that could make you three thousand dollars per month in income talking about tire pressure yeah um, so th- those so, are a few of the ideas we tossed through I, I love it um really to get people thinking outside of the box so tell me where, where do people go if they want to take that assessment that you've been mentioning yeah, so that's through the book at steponebook.com. Uh, that's where I walk through this entire process. You end up coming up with over 150 business ideas in the book. You walk through this process, and then there's a few more steps to narrow it down to the one best idea, and that's the business that you end up walking away with at the end of the book. And I give you some steps on how to just get it launched. But coming to the book with no ideas, you leave with one idea that's going to be a profitable business. Excellent. So I want to encourage everybody to go check that book out. So um, it is called Step One, The Surprisingly Simple Process to Research, Validate, and Choose the Perfect Online Business Idea. Of course, as always, guys, I will link to that in the show notes for this episode, which you can find just by going to leo2ceo.com and then click on podcast and just search for this episode. And hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to name this episode the same thing as your book. Just why not? Right. So anyway, check that out. Jake, it's been awesome having you on. Can you tell everybody where do they find you? Uh, how do they connect in any closing thought that you have for us real quick? Yeah. So I'm over at the entrepreneur You can just shoot me an email to Jake at the entrepreneur I love meeting new entrepreneurs. This is my favorite thing to do is just talk about business ideas and go through this process and, and find an idea for somebody because I love this creative aspect of 
uh, coming up with something that could be somebody's business that helps them quit their day job. So uh, that's what I'll leave you with is just send me an email if you want to talk through it. I love to talk through your crazy ideas, help you find an idea for your next business. And I know, happy to talk to you. Love meeting new entrepreneurs. Excellent. Side note, do you find that people having a hard time spelling entrepreneur? I sometimes, yes. I, in fact, sometimes have a challenge <laughs> spelling my own website name, but haven't, who, who knows? I mean, I haven't seen it. People are still finding the website. So hopefully people have uh, figured out how to spell it. And if they're going to be an entrepreneur, to learn how to spell it anyways. Exactly. Right. I struggle with that too, with people not knowing how to spell copper So yep. uh, anyhow, cool. Well, Jake has been awesome having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Good episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. 